host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm so happy to have with me today, Kathy Boone Black. Kathy is a hypnotist, doula, reflexologist, and a practitioner of many other specialties. It's safe to say she's well-versed in the usage of energy to bring about healing and balance. And I was really intrigued by Kathy's specialty in using hypnosis to prep patients for surgery. I didn't even know that this was a thing, so (laughs) we'll explore this today, along with other ways in which she uses consciousness to affect healing. She's got some really interesting stories and experiences that I'm excited to get into. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Kara. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. So let's talk about how you even found your way into this work, because if I remember correctly, you were drawn to this because of your own personal success with um, using hypnosis for surgery. So let's start there. Can you share that with us? Sure. I will back up if you don't mind. please. And I'm going to start out because a lot of people are very intrigued about how I came to be a hypnotist in the first place. And so I always like to share my, my story and my journey. I started out when I was six years old, having my first panic attack ever. And throughout my life, uh, into my twenties, my life was pretty much plagued with panic and anxiety, agoraphobia, um, throughout my life. And so when I was growing up, they really didn't know panic and anxiety. They just deemed me a nervous kid when they couldn't find anything medical, medically, physically wrong with me. And so back when I was a child, therapy just wasn't readily available. Uh, People didn't really go to therapy. So after I graduated high school, I decided I was going to find help. I had to find out what was wrong with me because I felt like I had missed so much of my life uh, because of fear and avoidance, uh, just just never knowing when those panic attacks were going to strike. So I was introduced to a psychiatrist at the IU Med Center, Dr. Hannes Gross, and Dr. Gross introduced me to hypnosis. He taught me self-hypnosis and worked with me for a few years. And I had never felt so relaxed in my life. I'd never heard of hypnosis. I didn't know what it was. But after my first session with him, I was hooked. Mm. And it was like, this is really cool. So it was the first dot that was connected for my healing journey. And then I got connected with a group, a self-help group um, that was, uh, it was kind of like an AA meeting where they met once a week. uh, And it was a self-help group for people with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And it was teaching us that our thoughts were creating the feelings inside and how to think a better thought, how Mm -hmm. to How to catch it and how to look at things in a different way great. It was another dot connected on my journey. So from there, I just really started studying the brain and the body and emotions and energy and how all of it works together. And I got better because I finally understood what was happening to me. I understood that even though it felt like it came out of the blue, those panic attacks, it felt like I didn't have any control. I really did. And I had to be taught that and understand that. And I got better. And so I always had a heart of 
helping people feel better because uh, I knew what it felt like to be so feel so helpless and so hopeless. Yeah. And um, so I got in, I I've been always been very open with my story because I believe people need my story. And I believe that God brought me through to help other people. Mm, that's and, beautiful. Yeah. And so coming up on that, uh, it was back in 1988. Um, I was getting ready to have the second surgery of my life. And I was working my first uh, Dr. Gross had retired by then. So I was, I had found another therapist that was working with me with hypnosis. And um, I was really kind of freaking out because the first surgery I ever had a few years before that just did not go well. Um, I just didn't feel very well for months and uh, I knew this surgery needed to be done. And so my therapist said, oh, I'll make it a tape recording back then it was an audio tape mm-hmm. you'll listen to it for a week before you go to surgery you'll be fine it'll be totally different and I did we did it and it was totally different in I, what way I remember coming out of that anesthesia so easy mm-hmm. and so effortless my doctor said back then oh I can't believe how little you bled through that surgery or he said I can't believe how fast you came out of that anesthesia and then I really had no discomfort. Um, I healed really quickly. And again, when I'd go back for my checkups, he was like, wow, uh, you really healed very quickly. And so I was, I was really hooked then. So every surgery or procedure that I've had since then, she would make a recording and I would listen to it. And then when I... Um, Back in 2009, when I started my my business, um, there was a lady that was out of Boston that was certifying her uh, people for her program called Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster. And even though I had had a lot of hypnosis from my therapist and I kind of knew what to do, and now I'm a certified therapist, I decided to go ahead and be certified through um, Peggy Huddleston because she had a lot of the forward thinkers that were touting her program. Um, Dr. Andrew Weil, Dr. Oz, she traveled with Christiane Northrup um, for many years and that's how she got her start. And so uh, I, I was certified in her program and I've been using you know, hypnosis for surgery for my clients ever since. And it's just amazing the results that my clients have had. Mm. That's, that's amazing. You I mean, you mentioned some of the, the benefits that you've experienced. So, um, the, that the healing was faster mm-hmm. and the bleeding, it, even the, the bleeding during surgery was lessened notice, noticeably. And, yes. um, and that you came out of the anesthesia so fast, which yes. I find remarkable because um, you're doing this as prep work. You know, you're doing it for about a week before you go into surgery. And then do I remember correctly that you actually gave, did you give them, did you listen to it while you were under as well? No. Um, okay. What we do is we have healing statements that we give. Uh, the doctor or the nurse in surgery um, and 
usually it's a nurse that will say healing statements as you go under anesthesia and as you come out. Okay. Because when you're under anesthesia, you are very susceptible to suggestion. Mm. And even when I work with people, what I put in their recording is that the voice that you will, as you're under, you will only pay attention to the voice that speaks directly to you. Mm. All other voices will just fade away because they could be in there talking about some other patient that didn't have a great outcome. Or they could be talking about something where your subconscious mind thinks that they're talking about you. And, you know, so we don't want your subconscious mind to take in the suggestions that are not about you at all. Right. And when you get back to the bleeding part of it, what Peggy was telling us is that, you know, you can go into anesthesia. They can give you the anesthesia to put you out. But if you're not mentally relaxed, your body's still tense and tight. Mm-hmm. And so when you're mentally relaxed, think about that. The muscles are more relaxed. Mentally, you're relaxed. So, you're, so your circulatory system is more relaxed rather than mm, mm, like pumping against, yeah. you know, really pressure in the body mentally. And so, but every one of my surgeons would say that. It wasn't just one surgery. Right. It's been every surgery has been like that. That's so interesting because you're dealing with results that are happening at all, at so many levels. So if you are nervous and scared about going into yeah. surgery, if you have anxiety about surgery and then you're able to feel calmness, I mean, that's dealing with the emotions and, and, right. and other things too, but um, the bleeding is physical, the, um, coming out of, you know, different states of consciousness, having a smoother transition back to waking consciousness, uh, that's dealing with consciousness, uh, you know, levels. So it's really like multidimensional, multi-layered, uh, mm-hmm. really able to, I mean, that just shows the power of it. And I know like, I don't have a ton of experience with surgery. I have had a few surgeries over time. Um, but when I've had to have general, uh, anesthesia, I, I don't, uh, I don't, it's been a long time now, but I don't remember feeling particularly nervous, um, going in, you know, I mean, it's like a special day and, and, you know, and everything's strange cause you don't do it all the time, but I don't remember feeling like particularly stressed about it and having, said that it was really hard for me to come out of it. Like every time I've had general anesthesia, I am sobbing as I, like, as I come out of it, I am sobbing and I don't know why. I mean, I remember the first time that I remember doing this, I was like in my early twenties. So my mom was there, um, as I came out or maybe I was even in late teens or something. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like I couldn't remember anything and I couldn't remember why I was crying. But um, and then, you know, my son had a surgery when he was like not even two yet. And the same thing, you know, he had no clearly like no fear going into it or anything. He didn't really know what was going on. But him coming out of it like he was a mess. I mean, he was like 
totally not himself and, and beside himself. So there's like this really like automatic thing that happens, I think with a lot of people that's not necessarily even related to stress or to anxiety, or it's just like this thing that happens. (laughs) Yeah. And, and probably you were more stressed about it than you thought. Mm. A lot of, a lot of times people will try to block that because it's like, well, I got to have this anyway. So I'm just, I'm just going to keep going forward with, but in the back of your mind, maybe you might've been a little bit more fearful of it. We don't go out, you know, we don't go under general anesthesia every day and people are generally a little bit, you know, they don't like that. They don't, Mm -hmm. people either don't like to be out of control or they're afraid something's going to happen because we don't do it every day. Yeah. So perhaps just a a thought that you might've been a little more anxious than you, and you were blocking that Mm -hmm. just because you knew you had to do the surgery. And then when it was over, it was almost like a relief. And then you're like, you know, or that could have just been the effects of the anesthesia on you, you know? So, but, um, and plus getting back to the stress part of it, um, you know, this program helps people to feel more calm and relaxed about it mentally and physically. And that will help keep your immune system up Mm. because when you are stressed out, your immune system takes a nosedive. They did some research um, at a medical school over at Ohio's, the Ohio State University, I guess they call it. They took uh, a group of med students in the beginning of school and they tested their T cells. Now T cells are, formed in the thymus gland, which is there in the chest, Mm -hmm. and it coordinates our immune system. So they had a baseline level of these students and their their T-cell count. And then they took the count again. They tested it during midterms when they're stressed out. They're not eating. They're not sleeping. They're really worried about their midterm tests, and their T-cells had tanked. They had them listen to a 20-minute relaxation recording and tested their T cells again and found that they were right back up to where they were at the beginning of school. Wow. So the more that you can work on your stress level, the more your immune system stays up. And we definitely want your immune system strong when you're going into surgery so that you can heal better Mm. and better. Yeah. And so that's what I get with every one of my clients uh, because I check with them after surgery, a couple, maybe a week after surgery and I've never had one of them yet that said, no, I went in and I was freaked out. Mm. They were so calm and relaxed. Um, from the time we did the recording, I like to do it two weeks before so that they can listen to it at least once a day, if not twice a day. Um, and they just feel so calm and relaxed going into it. Mm. So it really helps out. The doctors love it uh, because then they don't get a lot of last minute panicky phone calls. Uh, or last minute cancellations because people just aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Peggy said that the doctors, she's in Boston. So a lot of the Harvard teaching hospitals use the program, uh, NYU, Boston, uh, the Kaiser Permanente, some of the doctors out of out in, uh, California, that system uses it. And the doctors loved it because they said they can tell the minute they walk in before surgery to talk to the patient who's had the, who has had the program and who hasn't. Oh. They said the pay, the people that had taken the program were so calm and relaxed 
And the hospitals, now this was years ago when you used to stay a few more days, but the hospital loved it because people were healing so well and doing so well that they didn't have to stay as many days. They could get out of the hospital sooner. Mm. And so, especially now, I think it's good because they send people home. Like I had a client this, this summer that had a knee surgery. She had a bedroom on the second floor and it was an outpatient knee replacement. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, how's that work? Right. You know, but they just don't keep people in the hospital anymore. Yeah. So this program is especially good for that because, you know. It makes it, the healing rapid. It makes post. the healing more rapid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did some work with her, visualizing her going up and down the stairs easily, her knee moving easily. Um, there's just a lot about, you know, using mm-hmm. our brain to visualize. and Right. Um, and, and really think about our healing and really believe in our healing. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And when you talk about um, like the chronic stress and anxiety, like what, what you experienced growing up, I think you also specialize, am I remembering correctly, that you specialized in, you specialize in helping people through st- chronic stress and anxiety as well? Oh, yes. I specialize in anxiety because of what I went through. Right. And and I really find that whether people come in here for panic attacks or issues at work or, you know, some kind of addiction or even eating disorders and smoking, it all really, when you boil it down, it all comes down to there's an emotion at the base, mm-hmm. but it's all stress and anxiety. Yeah. And so when you can start working to work the stress and anxiety out of those emotional roots that cause you to want to smoke or eat or drink or whatever you're, you're wanting to come in here to work on. There's always emotional root at the base that's around anxiety. Okay. So I'm curious about with the hypnosis, when you're dealing with like stress or anxiety or any of the, the different uh, manifestations that you were talking about, um, you know, my background is in meditation, of course. This is a meditation conversation. Um, and so meditation is really effective in dealing with calming you, you know, and, and dealing with helping to alleviate stress. But it's most effective when it's like an, a newly integrated part of a lifestyle I, and, or, or it's uh, been integrated as a lifestyle change. Um, rather than like, I, I know that I have had people before who, you know, students of mine, for example, who have been under the misunderstanding that, oh, you come to class and then you're going to, it's going to solve everything. You know, it's, it's like an ongoing, like, oh, if you can like fold this into your life, you're going to reap such benefits and you're going to feel great right afterwards. And you may feel great for many hours afterwards, but in order to like really change, you know, out of a life that is um, led by anxiety and trying to avoid anxiety, um, you really have to make it like a, a practice, a regular practice. Um, so I'm curious with hypnotism, if it's something that you're able to sort of do more like you can cauterize it kind of like or if it's more indefinite like oh you keep coming you keep 
having that like homeostasis through the the hypnotism but like meditation it 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 kind of you kind of have to keep at it or is it Yes, I tell my clients, you know, what I, the work I do is very magical, Mm -hmm. but it's not a magic pill. Mm. And so I, I have to have a phone conversation. I do a free phone consultation with my clients um, beforehand because I usually get phone calls or I'll get text messages or emails that people that want to come in. And I always have to have a phone conversation first because I don't take everybody that calls me. Mm. I have to make sure that they understand the way I work and what I'm doing and that they're on board to come and work with me. Mm. It's not like you can come in here and I can wave a magic wand and you walk out the door and you are healed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work that way. You are going to feel a difference. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to work with you on is teaching you some some resources and some strategies so that you can develop a habit of of using these so that you can have a better life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's not all about me doing the work. They're only going to be with me a certain amount of times. Mm -hmm. Um, I love teaching these mental tools that they can put in their toolbox so that they can go out and have these because they know that they make a difference in their life and that they can work with them. I don't want people to feel like they are tied to me. They have to come in here to feel good. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to know they can walk out my door after so many sessions and they got it. They've got this. Yeah. You know, they can use these tools for the rest of their life. Some of the things that I learned in that cognitive behavior therapy group 40 years ago, I still use today and I teach my grandchildren. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's like, those are mental tools that I have that make my life better and that I can go on and teach my kids. And I don't need to be, you know, in a therapist's office for the rest of my life. I can use them and understand how it works and to help myself. Right. That empowerment is so mm-hmm. important for, for everybody. You know, it's kind of um, just being able to have that control within you, and to, because because we do all have it. You know, it is it is um, there for everybody. You know, some sometimes we can have a tendency to feel like some people were given something that others weren't, um, and. So it's, it's beautiful that you're helping people to uncover that for themselves and to see that magic that is within them mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so effectively. Yeah, I think when people understand, well, not, knowledge is power. It doesn't matter what kind of knowledge you're getting. Knowledge mm-hmm. is power. And so when, you know, I can help them, ex- and I can explain and help them understand how the brain works. You know, each and every one of us that are here that have a thought, we have the power within us, but nobody teaches us that really. Yeah. You know, we grow up around those those influential people in our lives that, you know, are in our in our realm, um, parents, grandparents, teachers, friends, cousins, all those influential people in our life. 
we learn how to deal with life from watching those around us from the day we're born. Mm-hmm. And if the people around us that we learn from don't have the best way of dealing with life, then that's, that's the way we learn. And so not to beat anybody up because those influential people in our life were doing the best they could with the knowledge they had from how they grew up and their parents were doing the best they could from the knowledge they had of how they grew up. And it just goes back and back generation after generation And so we all have the power within us to feel better, to have a healthier body, a healthier mind. But we just don't, I certainly didn't learn how to cope with stress and anxiety from when I was growing up. I had to learn that on my own. Right. So that's what I love to teach people and empower people. Right. Well, that I just... I love that you're saying that too, because I just had a, a, ta- a class that I taught just a couple of hours ago. And afterwards I was talking with one of my students and she was saying the very same thing. She's gone, gone through this huge journey, but she's recognizing now with the people that she grew up with, you know, her, her siblings and so forth. Like she now sees because she's had the benefit of, of all this work that she's done. Like she's done this massive amount of work on herself and it's beautiful, this transformation she's gone going through and has gone through. Um, but she can see like, Oh, this is a total reflection of, of how I was raised. And, and, uh, and then she's got the contrast of her sibling who hasn't, been doing the same work so she's the, right. her sibling's still blind to it but it's like this big contrast in this like oh my gosh you know it's so powerful your generational um inheritance of absolutely yeah and part of the work that I do going back to those emotional roots is he I do a lot of inner child work mm. Because I just truly believe we all have those in little kids that live inside of us that have been hurt, that have been um, some, a, a lot of people have been abused. Um, we've been broken. And so to go back and heal that inner child, uh, heal the trauma, heal the hurts and all of that, and let that make you be stronger as you come forward. Um, I just totally believe that for me I believe that what I went through I I I healed through that so I have a lot of scars where I healed and I let those scars turn into stars where I can use my past to make me stronger and to be in here and to work with people because I know, I know it from the heart. I know it from my inside out. And I know what it feels like to be in that place of desperation and helpless and hopelessness. And I also know what it feels like to be in that place of empowerment, to know my brain so well that I know how my brain works and how I have the ability to change a thought, mm. to develop a habit of looking at things in a different way so that I have peace in my inner environment. That's beautiful. 
What a, what a great way. I mean, it's very inspiring because everybody has trauma. You know, all of us everybody. are carrying history with us. And so we can either, I love that, turning my scars into stars. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. a beautiful yeah. way to carry the trauma that we, you know, and to use it for the highest good and to help yeah. others. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because you can you can look at it in two ways. You know, I, I always tell my clients in here, I'm like, you know, I could have been on drugs the rest of my life trying to numb out that pain. Mm-hmm. I could have been an alcoholic. I could have gone a whole different route. But there was something inside of me that said, you know what, I don't want to be on medicine the rest of my life. Now, I was on some medication for a couple times in my life for short periods of time Mm -hmm. so that as I healed, but I knew I didn't want that to be a crutch the rest of my life. I wanted to find out why Mm. and to heal from the inside out, not just take the medicine to cover up what was going on. And uh, so it's, it's just like, um, and I, so I let those scars lead me here because I don't believe that I could ever, really, I could be doing this if I just learned it through a book or through studying, but I, I, I couldn't be doing it knowing from the heart, from my heart, knowing what it's like. Mm -hmm. When somebody tells me they're having panic attacks, my mind, I remember, Yeah, I know what that feels like. Mm. And I, and so I just feel like that it's, it's helped me be who I am today and to be able to help people through this. And so that people can see that you don't, because when you're going through this, you feel like you're dying or going crazy. Mm. And so people can see, you know, Hey, she got through it. You can get through it. I can get through that. There is help and there is hope. Right. Right. And yeah. So that it doesn't seem like this condition is just, indefinite or permanent or, you know, cause when you're in something that's so, uh, powerful and intense, like a panic attack or even just chronic anxiety, yes. it can feel like, Oh, this is what life is like from now on. You know, <laughs> like I'm just on all the time and I'm looking for danger and I don't know why, and I can't feel yeah. soothed and I can't feel calm and there's no peace. And this is just life now, you know, I mean, it's, so it's so important to, to see that, to have somebody who's walked that path before you and to be able to bear witness to it and then just be in that flow too, to be in the presence of that calmness and that, you know, that light is really powerful. Yes. Yeah. So you have so many modalities at your disposal and one of them is that you're a doula. I and am. A doula. Yes. yes. And so I was wondering, do you use hypnotherapy in preparation for assisting with childbirth or is it like a completely different skill set? Oh, no, it's all I got into this um, totally by accident. Oh, really? Um, even before I started my business, uh, because with my hypnosis, uh, when I was, you know, back in the late seven, late seventies. Um, I knew how to relax my mind and body. So 
when I went, you know, when I got pregnant early on and was going to go in to, you know, have my child, I was doing the breathing and I was doing the relaxation. My water broke at 2.30 and he was born at 4.51, my first child. And my doctor told me all those years ago, it's because you know how to relax your mind and body. Mm. I remember him distinctly telling me that. I really didn't know. I mean, I knew I was breathing and I knew I was relaxing, but I did not understand the whole, the whole mind-body thing. Was this pre-Lamaze? I don't know when Lamaze Well, it was Lamaze. Lamaze was just getting started. This was back in 1977. Okay. My son was born in 78. Me too. And the Lamaze, huh? (laughs) The Lamaze class that I went to was all about breathing. Okay. It was all about breathing and relaxing your body. So it, it went along with the hypnosis that I had done. And so... Coming forward, I had a uh, my first my first baby that I helped with is 14 now, and it was a friend of mine, and her daughter was getting ready to have a baby, and she was freaking out. And I'm like, oh, let me help her. Let me just go in and help her. I can help her relax. I did it, you know. And I had known this young girl that was pregnant. I had known her since she was a child. So I got to Community North Hospital, and. Um, it was like a party. I had never, I, because when I was pregnant, my husband couldn't even come into labor and oh, delivery, right? Right. So she, this girl had all of her friends there and all this, and and she's in labor, and I'm like, wow, this is really different. Yeah. And we and I had worked with her beforehand, um, working with hypnosis and things, and so um, finally the nurse came in. It was about nine o'clock at night, and she said, look you've been in labor long enough that if this baby doesn't come by morning, we're going to have to do a C-section. Well, my client freaked out. And so I said, okay, Kelly, I said, all right, everybody out, get out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it was just my client and I, and I relaxed and we did hypnosis and relaxed her and the baby was born 45 minutes later. So what I like to do with my clients is I like to meet with them once a week for the last four weeks of their pregnancy, because this, when I, when I get people in here, this is where most of, this is where most of the work's done. And by the time we get to the hospital, it's pretty easy um, because they've already had, um, they already know about hypnosis. They already know we've already done some reflexology. We've, we've done some oils because I work with uh, essential oils for relaxing. Um, And they've already had, um, hypnosis that they've been listening to mm-hmm. for four weeks, uh, preparing them and how comfortable they're going to be and how relaxed they're going to be. Now with that, I will tell you that 95% of my clients that I have worked with do epidurals. Okay. So I'm not a doula that's all natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had a few people that want to do it that way and that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. open to whatever, but even if you have an epidural, you may not feel that discomfort but if you're not mentally relaxed, those muscles of the uterus are going to not, they're going to still. Mm. Yeah. So it works. It works with both. That's, um, that's and they just have a lot of time to prepare. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really great. I've helped with three babies during COVID. Oh. So, but, um, but two of them had to be on, on you know, Zoom or Zoom something. And yeah. one was on 
through Zoom and one was on telephone mm. and the other one I was able to be there. So uh, it's just so that's that's it's amazing. It's such a beautiful offering. And, you know, my kids are 13 and 10 and um, I had a C-section the first time, it, which I it, because he was breech. So yes. and we, we tried to turn him and he wouldn't turn. Um, and so they really wouldn't, they didn't, didn't think, deem it safe to try to deliver him, um, breach. And, but with my daughter, she was not. And because it wasn't my body that had made us have the C-section with my son, they said, okay, you know, assuming everything is all healthy and good, you can do a V-back. Yeah. And so it wasn't until like, the closing weeks of my pregnancy and she was two weeks early. So, but I, that I even learned about hypnobirthing. And so I kind of went into it going like, Oh, of course I'll have an epidural. You know, it didn't even, didn't even, this is before I was a meditator. Wasn't really into, it didn't know. I really just didn't know a lot about like holistic health or anything. Um, and I, I just was like, oh, okay, I'll I'll have the V back, but I'll I'll have an epidural. And then I, somebody, I was taking a pre prenatal yoga class, and somebody mentioned that they were doing hypnobirthing, and I'm like, oh, what's that? So I started reading a book about it, but I was already in my third trimester, and I so it was too late to like take a class or anything. So I kind of went into the birth with the ex, like I just was like, I'll go as long as I can without having uh, an epidural, but I'm not going to go into it like, oh, I have to have a natural birth or I've done it wrong, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And the interesting, and I, again, like I wasn't a meditator, so I didn't really have any techniques, like any relaxation techniques they had done. I'd taken like a weekend birthing class or something and they had a little bit of a focus on breath work. You know, they'd given us some examples of breath breaths that you can do. Um, but I found that I got to a point where I was like a certain amount dilated and the pain was coming and it wasn't that the contraction was too much or too intense. It was my fear that because I wasn't fully dilated yet, how much worse is this going to get? Mm-hmm. And and it just was like, there's going to have to be a point in time where I say, okay, I've had enough because I have to have time for the anesthesiologist to get in and for the epidural to kick in. So if I don't make my choice <laughs> at some point, then it might get too intense and mm-hmm. I don't, and then there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, my water broke as I was getting into bed that night. Uh-huh. So I, and I had ha- not been having contractions. So it came on suddenly. I was like, oh, I think, wait, is my water, is that my, did my water just break? I think we're having the baby. And yeah. it was like, I thought I was going to bed, <laughs> you know? And right? so I was up all night. And so by the time it really started getting int- intense, it was the wee hours of the morning and I was getting tired. And as the contractions were getting more intense, I was like, realized that they would come and I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not ready. 
And then I'm, I'm worried I'm going to go backwards. Like you were talking about how like, okay, if this doesn't keep going, we're going to have to, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I'm telling myself, I'm saying out loud, no, 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 no. Right. What's that going to do to my process here? So. Right. Yes. But I would have loved to have been clued in to the, the possibilities of hypnosis or meditation or any kind of, you know, dealing with it and with the ability to kind of use consciousness to relax mm-hmm. deeper and to like understand that your thoughts are, are impacting your body and, you know, you can kind of tell yourself to open your muscles more open, you know, just relax and open and allow things to move. Cause I, there was looking back, it's like, gosh, the resistance that uh-huh. I was putting up. Cause I just didn't know. Yeah. And the first, and the, the key word was when you said the first thing was fear. Mm. That's why that's when, that's when the discomfort starts. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in labor uh, and it's a fearful thought. Yeah. And guess what? Within three seconds of a fearful thought, everything tenses up. Yeah. And you get ready for fight or flight. Yep. Did it just realizing that, um, you know, birth is just about two muscles that are working in harmony once one's contracting while another one is loosening and opening Mm. and it's and it's this motion and really what I what I like to tell my clients is you know there's there's the inner lining which brings blood and oxygen during labor and delivery and then we have a a horizontal muscle in the uterus and then a and a I'm sorry a a vertical and a horizontal Mm-hmm. And one comes up while the other one relaxes. And this is the action of a contraction. Mm. Now, when two muscles, one's contracting and one's relaxing, it's just like raising my arm. When I raise my arm, my upper right here in my muscle area has to contract to bring the arm up, but this muscle has to relax. Mm-hmm. And I can do this all day long as long as it's relaxed. But the minute that I bring tension in and I'm sitting here and I'm doing this, I'm going to get tired and these muscles are going to start hurting because there's tense and tight. Such a good point. So when people really understand that, most of it is because we've, we've been told that birth is painful. We've heard horror stories. We've seen maybe horror stories about watching birth and people screaming and people, you know, whatever. Well, what does that do to your brain? The minute you think, oh, I'm in labor. Oh my gosh, my water broke. Fear. Yeah. The first thought. And then everything tenses and tightens up. Right. And my belief is that that is why we have such painful births. I I completely agree. I mean, there's so I I think you can take it even beyond childbirth where there's we hit this point with pain, physical pain, and it's not even so much about the pain in the moment. It is the projection into the future about what might be coming. 
Yes. And it's like we, we have this sort of inability to like, well, we want to prepare, you know, it's like, okay, is this a signal about how it's going to get so much worse? Right. Yeah. Uh, I took a, I just uh, did a a certification a couple of years ago with a gentleman um, who was a nurse anesthetist in the Navy for many years. And when he first, back in the late seventies, about the time I started, he learned hypnosis and he used hypnosis throughout his Navy career with his anesthesia, along with his anesthesia. And now he just works his whole hypnosis. He, he uh, retired from the Navy as a captain in the Navy. And now he just uses, he has a hypnosis practice where he just works with people from all over the world with pain. And they come to see him from all over the world. So he was doing a certification program that I took uh, part in. And he, and he tell, you know, in that we learn there is no pain until it hits the brain. This mm-hmm. is just a reflex. Wherever it is, it's just a reflex. Yeah, it's like a sensation. And then it hits the brain. It's a yeah. sensation that hits the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the more that you, you know, you feel it and it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. And then you just start tensing and tightening up. And when my clients come in with pain, I work with them on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with them to go go to that pain. What do you see? Most of the time, you if you could really take a little, you know, camera inside of your body and you go to that pain, it's usually tense and tight muscles and, you know, red and, you know, all of that stuff. And then when, you know, then I'll ask them to just relax that area. Just relax that area. And maybe go to their hand and work the area for the reflexes, sending some better nerve impulses and better circulation, maybe putting some oils on their hands so that it gets into those reflexes. And within a few minutes, they're like, yeah, that feels better. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, so it's, it's really, really learning about how we can, we all have that within us, that power. Right. And learning about how the human body works. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me. Yeah, I love that. Um, I I have noticed as well, I mean, you know, and, and I don't suffer from chronic pain. So it's hard to, for me to relate because I know that there are people who are living with pain. Absolutely. All the time. So that's a, you know, I can't speak to that. But I know that, you know, like every other person who is inhabiting a human body. I do experience pain sometimes. And, um, in addition to that projecting into the future and try and kind of like seeing the pain that we're having now and seeing it, like imagining that it's just going to automatically keep intensifying, which makes it worse in the moment. The other piece to it is what you're saying, what you said was, you know, it's not, it, we just feel a different sensation that is not, it's not what it normally is. And then we ascribe the word pain to it. But if we actually go into it, or at least this has been my experience, if I actually, like if I experience pain in my stomach and it's like, I could just go like, oh, my stomach hurts. And then kind of like my inclination typically is like, oh, ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I don't put any more focus on it. But if I actually do the counterintuitive thing, which is, no, actually, I'm going to bring all of my awareness to it. I'm going to go right into the center of it and I'm going to look at it. 
it tends to break up and like dissolve. It's almost like it's going, hey, pay attention to your stomach for a second. And then I'll yep. like go, okay, you've got all, you've got all my attention right now. And then it's like, okay, I was just kidding. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And we can play with that. One of the things that I'm um, certified in is called NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And we go in and we look at the sub-modalities. So the sub-modality of pain would be Let's go in and let's look at, well, if you could go in there, what shape would that be? Mm. What color would that pain be? And then how could we, if we just took that shape, that's like, you know, maybe you're, you think, oh, it's, I could see it as a red box, you know, a red square and red, very angry, red, hot. Mm -hmm. What if I took that area and I visualized a beautiful blue, like the color of a of the ocean in the Caribbean, and and I rounded that out to a beautiful circle, the the shape of the sun. Without those rough edges, you just see that square. You visualize that square just turning into that circle, and as that blue just sweeps in like a wave that would sweep in and sweep that red just right away. And then you can just see this beautiful blue feeling. And then you let that expand into your abdomen, into your chest, just that beautiful blue feeling of just relaxation. And so did you just hypnotize me? (laughs) I'm like, I think I'm like in another dimension. (laughs) Feel a little more relaxed. You could visualize what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so your subconscious mind didn't know that you weren't just at the ocean. It does not know truth from false. So whatever you think about, it takes in like, oh, oh, okay, we must be there. Oh, okay, that must be turning into a circle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know truth from false. And it's 95% of who we are. Yeah. So when you can tell yourself, I'm calm and relaxed, even though consciously you may not feel like it, you keep saying that over and over and over, you're going to find that your body's going to react like you are calm and relaxed because your subconscious mind is giving that to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I really do think you uh, hypnotized me a little bit there. Um. Well, you have the... Um, you know, you were taking those suggestions in and you were visualizing them. Yeah. So that's, that is what hypnosis is, is you're taking in my suggestions. Yeah. And then your body is feeling it. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. We go in and out of trance all day long. True. You know, when we're driving somewhere mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Yeah. Our conscious, mind, yeah. <laughs> Our conscious mind was someplace else, but because there is a an area, a pathway in the brain that is associated with driving Mm -hmm. because you've done it so long, your subconscious mind said, okay, conscious mind, you can go ahead and float us someplace else because I know how to drive the car. Right. right. You know, when we're daydreaming or when we get into a really good book and we're right there in the story and we can visualize um, what they're talking about and we can feel what they're feeling and, and, and visualizing what 
they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a state of hypnosis. We're in a trance. It's what's mar- marketing's built on hypnosis, really. Yeah. It's all built around suggestion, and that's what hypnosis is. That's how hypnosis is different than just meditation. Mm-hmm. It's getting your mind into a focused state of relaxation, and then myself as a, or somebody as a hypnotist is giving you the suggestions, working with your subconscious mind uh, to, to, to be Effect able to change things that you want to change. Right. Right. You have to want to change that. Right. Um, I can't make anybody do what they don't want to do. Right. Right. Well, we've talked about surgery and stress and anxiety and childbirth. Would you like to share any other kind of, um, targeted areas that you work with, with your clients that we haven't gotten to? Um, well, I think it's not really, I work with this all the time and we've talked about it a little bit, but the visualization, mm. there is so much to visualizing. Um, I had, I'll tell you a story about a client that I had that came to me for surgery. She called me during the pandemic and said, Hey, um, I had worked with her a couple of years before on weight release. Mm-hmm. And, um, she called me and she said, Hey, I've developed this pituitary tumor and it's so large that there's two pieces of it that are hitting my optic nerves and I'm, I'm losing my sight Oh gosh! and I've got to have surgery. So pituitary is right in the middle of your brain. So they have to go up through your nose to get to this pituitary and they weren't sure that she was ever going to be able to see again. Uh, they weren't sure if they were even going to be able to get the majority of it. So she came in and uh, we worked on visualizing that tumor shrinking. And we worked on, we got rid of some emotions around the tumor. Um, and so she listened to that recording for a couple of weeks. And then she came back and we did the prepare for surgery. And she listened to that for two weeks. And by the time they got in there... Um, the tumor had shrunk. It had stroked itself out and shrunk so much that they got 99% of it. And she woke up seeing. Wow. And so it is, you know, the it really is, visualization is so powerful. Because mm. again, 99, 95% of you doesn't know truth from false. Right. That's amazing. So I would say, you know, visualize what you want. Visualize your body being healed. Visualize, you know going in and just working yeah. with areas of your body that you want to be more comfortable or to change in some way. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. So how can people find out more about your work and connect with you? Well, thank you. Um, you can, uh, my website is Indiana Integrative. Uh, dot com hypnosis.com yeah hypnosis.com uh, i'm on facebook on indiana integrative hypnosis um and on my website if anybody's interested you can write on the first page there's a place where you can put in your email and uh, it's you're signing up for a newsletter uh which i never send one out by the way <laughs> um, <laughs> But it'll it'll send you, it'll email you one of my 20-minute hypnosis recordings. And if you can just listen to that once a day, it starts creating a new neural pathway in the brain uh, to go so that your brain can start saying, oh, yeah, we can be more relaxed and calm. Mm. Do, do you have to see people physically in your office or do you do virtual work? 
I do virtual work. And to be honest with you, when I very first started, I was doing my work over the phone because we didn't have Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or any of that. Um, I work with people all over the country. And in fact, now in, I just got a, a new client in the UK. So I'm starting to venture out and uh, yeah, it works very well over, I do Zoom or uh, FaceTime. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've learned a ton and I'm really excited about the work you do and the light that you're sharing. So thank you for, for everything that you're doing. So beautiful. thank Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoy this. I love educating people about what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Thanks to Kathy Boone Black for joining today and all the great work she's doing. Be sure to check her out if you have some some um, needs that could benefit from some sessions with her, some hypnosis sessions, or like I said, she's got all different kinds of healing modalities at her disposal. Her website is indianaintegrativehypnosis.com, and I'll I'll, uh, be sure to put that link in the show notes. So thank you for your support. Feel free to share this episode. You can subscribe, rate, review, all of that is so appreciated. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.